On today's show, we're a quarter of the way through the season. Let's check in on the Dallas Mavericks. What are the Mavericks? Like, what are they? How are they different than we expected? And how can they change going forward? Let's talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know. Describe the Mavericks season in three words. I'm excited to read these. Describe hmm. the Mavericks season in three words. Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com. The 500 Fiend, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, I want to put your curse on blast for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Come on. You know it. what helps You know what You helps can't your curse? go against rock-hard numbers, Isaac. When you... Your solo pods over the past, <laughs> however long, were the, was the Knicks and then the Nuggets without Jokic and Murray and everybody. <laughs> and then my solo pods, you know, it's just the Celtics, Bucks, some other good teams in there. It's like, besides the Pistons, they suck. So I just, I just want to, maybe I should just take off this whole next week. I was going to say, they play <laughs> there the has Suns, been a lot of, Nuggets, a lot of people requesting you to take some, some much needed time off. <laughs> this next stretch because we have had this weird trend where when I do a solo pod they win and when you do when you've done solo pods since I've been out uh they have lost and we'll see if that trend continues analysis analytics and that, that was that was our analysis uh let's get into our episode today we're a quarter of the way through the season we are 27 percent through the season so far they're 11 and 11 after 22 games Isaac do you know what the Mavericks record was last season through 22 games Ooh, no, tell me. 11 and 11. Exact same as last season. The Mavericks this season, though, are 8th in the NBA in net rating, plus 2.4. They're ninth in the NBA in offensive rating, 113 points per 100 possessions. 8th in defensive rating, 110.8 points per 100 possessions allowed. They've got some good, they've got some good numbers, but what are the Dallas Mavericks? Like, when you're looking at this team, they have the numbers of an elite team, but they have the record of an average team. <laughs> like we're trying to suss out. And the, the, like those two things are exactly what the Mavericks are. They're confusing right now because at times they look really good. At times they look really bad. They have really awful losses. We can go through them all. They have some fine, they have some okay wins, but this team is just confusing right, right now. Yeah. I, you know, somebody uh, tweeted at me the other day and said, do you feel better about the team this December or last December? And it was a great question because it made me think about, because I think there's a, a, a way you say, I think you immediately want to jump to, oh, I felt better last December compared to like how I feel right now. Um, But I think you could also look at it and say, if, the, you know, if you're looking at it, trying to look at it in an angle of glass half full right now saying, well, at least there's a roadmap, right? You're, yes. you're telling yourself, 
We were 11-11 last year. Reggie Bullock didn't shoot the ball well until <laughs> Christmas and New Year. Like, you know, Luca was in bad shape at the beginning of last year. He's in great shape now. Like, all this different stuff that you could tell yourself of like, oh, man, we're going to turn around. We made a good trade last year. Maybe we're going to make another trade this year and all of this stuff. But it does feel, for me, it does feel a little bit different this year of, ooh, okay, the Brunson piece, all of that. It's where, like, I, I feel like, you, I feel like it's a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more frustrating or worrisome, if you want to say that. And it's like, what are the Mavericks? I think the Mavericks are really, really simple. It's a heliocentric offense and team that's all focused on Luka Doncic, and the surrounding pieces and parts just haven't played at the level they need to play at. There you go. Explain yourself. Sorry. <laughs> that's exact. That's exactly what they are. And at least there's a good point that you made. At least last season. They had a proof of concept, right? At the, you know, they were 16 and 18 to start the season, 11 11 to start the season last season. And then they went on this crazy run where they went like 35 and 11 or something and won a ton of games, went to the Western Conference Finals. And we knew we could see, okay, we can see how this would work. The what the Mavericks want to do defend the way that they want to defend, hit enough, th- hit enough threes to beat the other team, and then Luca do some crazy stuff. Like that had that, that proof of concept worked last season then yeah this season you lose brunson and now like it changed like, like it, it changes it should change a little bit like the game plan should change a little bit because of the loss of brunson and it didn't change at all all right like it didn't really change at all what they were trying to do from last from the end of last season to the beginning of this season and so th- i think that's where we're confused is that i feel like this team is trying to do the same game plan as the end of last season with different personnel like this we had an episode recently where we talked about how Oh, what if they played Christian Wood and Luca more? What if they played, you know, Dinwiddie without Wood more? That would just fundamentally change what this team is. And they've kind of pushed back on that so far. They want to try and keep the defense as, you know, elite. It's, it's the top 10 defense right now. They wanted to keep it in that you know, above average category while still trying to figure out what to do on offense. But uh, the Mavericks ratings last year were wild, which is like, do you feel better? Do you feel better about this season's Mavericks in December or last season's last season? They were 11 and 11, 23rd in net rating. They're minus 1.8 mm. 20th in offense, 18th in defense. So like, that's a, that's a 500 record. That's different than the Mavericks being top 10 in offense and defense this year. Uh, completely different. That's pretty wild to think about, but that's where they were last year at net rating. And it was like, and, and remember last year, there was Porzingis was still on the team. Brunson really hadn't started like breaking out yet, and so you're just like, okay, well, what's the hope? Like, where's the hope of this team? And at least now we have some things that you can look at. All right, if they add a third, if they add a third ball handler, it can change things. If they add, you know, maybe they make it a big trade with a couple of the draft picks that they have available now. They didn't have those draft picks last season, uh, or as many. Well, well, even the trade last year was kind of an interchanging of parts. Like that's, yeah. I think that's a little bit of hope of what, you know, we're going to get to another question later on the pod of how, you know, how will or how can they change? Yeah. And, you know, shocking here, but trade is one of those options. <laughs> and even if you don't do, we've, we've talked about the under the radar moves, the, you know, low cost moves, the, all that stuff, the risky moves they could do, but not giving up their, their draft picks. You look at last year's trade. I mean, how many people before the Porzingis trade was saying, "Dude, he has no value." Like, what yeah, were right, they even? What right. can they even get for him? And it's like they didn't attach, you know, picks and all that. It was just simple. We're gonna swap him out for two other contracts that that team views kind of kind of bad, 
and just see if the if the parts fit a little bit different and on both sides. He's playing well in Washington. Dinwiddie and Bertans comes in. Dinwiddie helps him get to the conference finals. So that's it. If you're looking at for a silver lining of, well, man, I just don't think we can pull off the big trade with our draft picks and get a second star. That's a little bit of hope of maybe if you just go and interchange some of your parts. Yeah, maybe there's a Tim Christian Wood trade that does the sa- a very similar thing than what they did last year or, you know, name any other players. Uh, a couple of things that I did want to mention about what are the Mavericks. The Mavericks are threes. <laughs> they are three-point yeah. shooting, and that's kind of it. Like, it, it really just comes down to they live or die by the three. And I know at the beginning of the season, Jason Kidd was like, you know, we're going to shoot less threes this year. Well, that, that has not happened at all. That has not. I don't know if you guys have been following this. Hey, that Knicks game. It is I tried a, to tweet out before the game. I was like, the Knicks give up the most threes per game. And uh, I knew Dallas was going to shoot a ton of threes. Didn't think they were going to shoot 61. Mavericks have shot over 53 threes twice in their entire existence. Both of them have come this year. 55 against the Rockets and then 61 against the Knicks. Uh, but the Mavericks are 1-5, in five, their record, when they shoot 30% or less from three. So if they don't hit their threes, they're 1-5. They're 7-2 when they shoot a better three-point percentage than their opponent. So if they shoot threes, doesn't matter how many, but they shoot threes better than their opponent, they're 7-2. and two. Here's the stat you've been tracking. Mavs are 0-4 when Luka takes more than 10, th- or 10 or more threes. They're 5-2 uh, and two when he takes seven or less threes. So I'm, I'm taking it even farther down. Yeah. And then the last one, Mavs are 7-0 when their opponent shoots less than 28 threes total. So when they limit the amount of threes mm. that a team can take, that's when they've been, been really, really good, which is what their defense wants to do, right? They've really tried to, all right, don't take as many threes. We try to keep you away from the rim. Take as many mid-range shots as you want. Uh, but coming up, let's talk about what the Mavericks have been different than, than we expected because this team is a little bit different than we expected. There's a couple of parts and pieces and things that are not what we had expected. So let's talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Turo. Turo is... And uh, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. You can go check it out and browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. So all you guys across the world, you can check out Turo and book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. You can book a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, holiday. You did Turo. You you rented uh, a Tesla and got to test it out. And I got to drive it around with you, and we t- tried all the cool features, and played Christmas music, and we made the turn signal a fart sound. We did all the we did all the stuff that you could do. So if you want to just test out a car, see if you want to drive one, Turo is a good way to do it. Go check go check it out. Test Turo. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms and conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo T U R O dot com. All right, Isaac Harris. Do you know that I say "All right, Isaac Harris" in my solo pods too? We get we get comments. We get comments every single every single episode about it. It's just a somebody bit. I work with tells me that it's a bit that I have just committed to because one time I did it on accident and it was really funny. How are the Mavericks different than we expected? Right now they're they're eleven and eleven, but their numbers have been pretty good. Their offense and defense is top 10, but they're 11 and 11. They should be. Based on their numbers, according to Cleaning the Glass, they have this number that says, okay, based on all of your all of your projections, what, what should your record be? They should be 13 and 9. If the Mavericks were 13 and 9, two games basically flipped, two losses become wins, I think we feel way better about this team. They'd be fifth in the West right now, tied with the Kings. Yeah, I think we've... 
we feel a little bit better. I, I still think we have, you know, it's that combination we were talking about before, but it's that combination of they have really bad losses and they can't win games when Luka doesn't score 30. Right. And it just feels like that is the, <clears throat> you know, I, I wrote down going back. I had a few more things on that first uh, question. Of what are the Mavericks? I wrote down the path to success is very defined and very small. And yeah. like their their ceiling is high. I mean, we've seen it work in the playoffs. Their ceiling is high when you have a player like Luca, and they have all these parts that theoretically fit great. When they're at the peak of their game, <laughs> all the parts, then it all fits perfectly around this like magician in Luca. But whenever they're not like that, is the very defined but could be very successful, very small path. Um. But that's a limited path. Going back to Kyle Kuzma's comment before, of like, hey, this this roster is like limited. They're going, he, and he's right. Like they they don't have a ton of versatility on that. So when it comes to like what we expected, what we didn't expect with the team, or when we look at you know the Mavericks this year, that's what they had. Like that's why, you know, I think if they are thirteen and nine, I would be, I would be like obviously a little happier, right? But I would still have some of the same concerns of for sure. Ooh, Okay, because you look at some something that's uh, you want to do ex yeah some of the things that are expected or unexpected first. Uh, something that's different than we expected, so I guess either way. Um, I mean, I've went over this a million times. I thought Javale would be an upgrade over Dwight Powell. He hasn't. I mean, point the, blank. The fact that he can't even play ten minutes, right? Like you and I were talking about fifteen to seventeen minutes for him at the beginning of the season, and said, okay, if he can play that and be just an upgrade over Dwight, even in just that limited amount of time. That would be great. He can't even play 10 minutes, right? Like in the yeah. way that he's playing right now. Uh, Nico Harrison even had a comment recently where he said, we're still waiting on JaVale to become JaVale. Mm. That's that's alarming. Like, I, <laughs> that's alarming if the team is saying that. Um, yeah. yeah, that is a big, that's a big thing that's that's different than last season. Yeah, and, and it's tough. They're I mean, they different, lost. The, different than we expected going in. Yeah, I mean, they lost the rebounding battle by over 20 rebounds the other night, and he didn't play a single minute. So, that's tough. You know, that's a tough. Tough thing. Um, you know, uh, something unexpected, you know, obviously the shooter's not shooting well. However we want to, like, feel about that, you know, you don't you don't go into a season expecting 40% three-point shooters to not shoot the ball well. And Reggie Bullock, not shooting the ball well, especially coming off a playoff run to where we saw these guys, Reggie, Dorian, Maxi, shoot it at a really high clip. And it's like, all right, start the season. Well, dang, this is unexpected in, in a way. And I thought it was, I thought it was really telling. Go, go read the Q&A uh, that uh, Nico Harrison did with uh, with Callie at the Dallas Morning News, and she asked him was asking him just different big questions about the you know, the season and stuff, and it goes back to a question I asked the other day on the podcast. I said, "Hey, the one where Nick couldn't figure out his like recording stuff on the lockdown retreat, I, I you failed know. you." Um, the question was if they if the shooters were hitting shots, how different would we feel about the season? Would we be, would we be talking about all the other stuff because they that would just mean they would be winning games. And it feels like that's what Nico Harris and the Mavs are thinking too, because he mentioned multiple times in that Q and a, just how, you know, our shooters just not hitting shots and different times. And so I'm paraphrasing or drawing a conclusion from it of, it feels like they're just looking at it saying, Hey, we're getting shots. We're just not making them. And it's going to come around. Yeah. I went and I did like a whole breakdown of the, the disappointing Mavs shooters so far. And like compared to last season's numbers, Dorian Finney Smith is shooting seven percentage points. So he's, he was 39.5% last year. He's 32.8 percentage, so you see percentage points. He's 7 percentage points lower than last season. That's bad. 
Reggie Bullock, eight percentage points worse than he shot last season. And he only shot 36% last year in the regular season. Caught fire in the playoffs. Um, Kleba and Tim Hardaway are actually, at this point now, shooting better than they did last season, which is kind of weird. But uh, those two guys specifically, Dorian and Bullock, shooting that much worse than they were last year is huge. And if you look at, like, compared to their career numbers, Dorian, Bullock, Maxi, and Hardaway are all shooting worse than their career percentages. Bullock is shooting 10 percentage points worse this season than his yeah. career. He shoots 38% for his career, shooting 28% right now. Like, that's been the big disappointment. And it's weird because they don't take a lot of shots either, right? Like, it, it's weird that it, it has that big of an effect on the Mavericks. And that's what you're talking about, how their their path to success is so limited. Like, if one of those pieces falls off, Bullock doesn't shoot well, the whole thing seems like it crumbles on them. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's just very strange. One of my things is different than expected. The offense is somehow even more reliant on three-point shooting this season than mm. it was last season. Um, last year, they were 13th in mid-range shot frequency. So the amount of shots they took from the mid-range, 13th, like right in the middle of the pack. This year, they're 30th. They take the least amount of mid-range shots in the entire NBA this season. Um, they're 21st in how many shots they take at the rim. They were 29th last season. So they've at least gotten a little bit better at shooting, shooting, taking more shots at the rim this season with Christian Wood added. Um, yeah. But yeah, just the offense being more reliant on three-point shooting is insane. Yeah, something I had for unexpected was Josh Green in a good way. Yep. You know, <clears throat> I was, uh, you know, lower on him going into the season. I was like, what, what are they going to even, <laughs> what are they even going to do with him? He has contract <laughs> stuff coming up. Is he even going to play? And he's playing the best, best basketball of his career so far. And, it, you know, it did it jinx me a little bit that I did the 2020 redraft the other night on a solo pod. And I was like, I did the group <laughs> of players. I did a group of players that I was unsure about. I listed off like, I don't know, it was like 15, 18 players Killian that Hayes. for sure. And Killian Hayes was in the group of, man, I just don't know. You know, would you take Josh? And then, of course, Killian Hayes kills us. <laughs> goes off. Right, screw I this. I feel like I'm he done. may be the new, like, goes off against the Mavericks guy. That, I feel like there's always one. Yeah, I have something about Josh Green and the what things can they change later in the, in the episode. But, yeah, it's something that we didn't expect. Like, I hoped... Like my hope for him was that the the Josh Green hype train, like that I that everybody was wanting. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. I enjoyed that. Would just be that he would become like a ninth man, and I think he's been better than that, right? I think he's been like a seventh man. Yeah, which I don't. Yeah. Now how how much more better do you think that is, like ninth than seventh? But uh, another one is the Mavs are getting killed in transition. We have not talked about this very oh, very yeah. much, but the Mavericks are absolutely getting destroyed in transition this year even worse than they were last year if you look at um if you look at their their defensive of transition numbers they obviously on offense don't do anything in transition ever but last season they were third they were third in the nba or yeah third in the nba in points allowed per in in transition either off steals or off of live rebounds this year they're 27th they're just allowing extra buckets like all over the place this season (laughs) bad yeah bad. yeah it it is bad and then when they get off in transition like on their own it's it sticks out so much like hardaway and luca running two man two on one fast break the other one i was like whoa what what's happening what what are they doing out <laughs> the, in transition? the mavs transition numbers of like on offense over the last like the luca era is hilarious like points in transition 30th 29th 26th 28th 29th 30th that's the luca era of, of transition points <laughs> Uh, per 100 possessions yeah because that's one of the things maybe we maybe we have to do it after the break but one a few of the things that 
were expected that are going like we expected them. Yeah. And one of them is like team style. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And then a couple of things that we think they can change or that will change coming up. Let's talk about that. But before we do, let me tell you about bet online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines inside and outside of sports. The world cup is still raging on. I've been enjoying watching a lot of world cup. You can check out uh, some of the games odds to win the world cup. Isaac, are you ready for this? Brazil, baby. Brazil. Number one plus two forty. Uh, France is plus 450, so that's a big, a big lead for France right there, according to Bet Online. Argentina is third, plus 500. England is plus 650. Spain is plus 750. The Netherlands, ugh, plus 1300. Ooh. Portugal plus 1300. Cut. Let's go the. All right. South Korea plus 20,000. Morocco plus 10,000. Switzerland plus 8,000. Japan plus 6600. Those are the, like the long shot ones. So. Those would be interesting. You can check it all out. You can check out more stuff. Uh, they have basketball. The Japan one's intriguing. The Japan one is interesting. Plus 6,600 is, oof, that, that's a long shot, but that's enough to put, put 100 bucks on. And if they win, if they somehow win the World Cup, you win $6,000. Like, that would be super fun. So go check it out. They also have basketball. They'll have college football uh, championship game. A Michigan-Ohio State final would be insane. <laughs> my, my, like, Midwestern family would go nuts over that game. Uh, so go check out Bet Online. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. Uh, we've been talking about what the Mavericks are. We're checking in on them after about a quarter way through the season. What are the Mavericks? What did we expect from the Mavericks? What's some things that have been different than what you expected uh, going into the season? Oh, different. Oh, I, I wrote down some things that we expected that I was like, all right, it's going as expected. Because okay. my unexpected ones was JaVel stuff, shooters not shooting well, I got one Josh more unex- I got one more kind of unexpected thing, just a little bit. It's, it's, okay. It's yeah, C- yeah. Christian Wood. He's averaging 26 minutes a game. I have him in the other situation. I think it's exactly what we expected. Yeah. He's one. He's getting like one less shift, like like check in the game and check out than I expected, basically. I, I've been waiting. We're, we're a quarter of the way through, and I thought Jason Kidd would take him that next step forward at this point it doesn't seem like that's happened although first 14 games he averaged like 24 and a half minutes a game and the last five games he's at just about 30 minutes a game so maybe he is taking that next step forward and giving him just a little bit more but i i thought at this point of the season he'd be playing a little bit more than 26 minutes yeah i mean it was one of the reasons why you know some some of our listeners got really upset with what i was saying about christian wood early on and it wasn't even like a me you know, personally about him as a player, it was more of my expectations for him, manage the expectations. I didn't have high expectations for his start in Dallas because of just looking from where he came from and, you know, being on these bad teams, also looking at what they gave up for him, also looking at Nico Harrison's first comments and then talking to some people too. It's like, all right, it's a, it's a prove it situation. It's a, this isn't guaranteed. He's not, we don't, we're not viewing him as a second star at all. We're not viewing him as the second best player on the team. There's no guaranteed future for Christian Wood right now. No. And it was never that way. So like that me saying, Hey, I'm managing the expectation on that. I'm not viewing him that way. You know, it's frustrating for some fans. Like, oh my gosh, why do you hate Christian Wood? So, like, this isn't a, like this doesn't surprise me of how this is playing out right now. It's all right. You're going to come off the bench. It did surprise me a little bit that he came off the bench, but then once you add up all the other stuff, you're like, all right, well, it, it kind of yeah. makes sense of how they how they view him. Yeah, like he's going to get a bunch of shots. If up. you truly believed all the things you just said, him coming off the bench wouldn't surprise you at all, right? But then it was still, yeah. like, it still like caught us off guard. Yeah, but it's like you know he's going to get up a bunch of shots and all of that, but. I think the I think it would have been 
more unexpected if he solidified himself as like the second guy next to Luca. We're talking about, oh, it's a matter of when the extension's coming and not if. And that's just not the case right now. So it's kind of going that part. I'll tell you another thing that's going (laughs) that's going as expected is Jaden Hardy's role. Yeah. And it's like we both were like, hey, he's gonna not gonna have a defined role in the rotation. As fun as it was seeing him put up 28 in, in the summer league, like he's been playing really good in Frisco. He'll probably still will play in Frisco some this year. So I think this is this is what his role will be this year. And it's going to take some time. But man, he's a lot of fun. And I hope the best. I think I think eventually I think he'll work his way still. That that was my thing is I think eventually he'll work his way in. If the Mavericks don't make any other moves, they keep trying these Kemba's, Faku's, you know, who, who whoever else is that they add. And then hmm. Nico Harrison's comment about about Jaden Hardy has always been, let's see how long it takes to, to bring along Hardy. Yeah, and don't so, forget about Frank. And so people forget about Frank. And so we'll, we'll see about that with, with Jaden Hardy. Uh, do you have any more things about stuff that we expected? What just uh, like team style of like, hey, we we knew they're going to be low in pace. Yeah. We know it's going to center around Luca, like all that stuff. Uh, the defense is exactly is exactly the same. Like they're allowing the exact same percentage of shots at the rim, exact same percentage of three point shots, exact same percentage of like short mid range shots than they did last year. Like their defense is executing exactly the same, which is, is was interesting. Let let me ask you this question: As currently constructed, with every everything around the team, are they a top six team in the West? A top six team in the West? It, a playoff. The team. West has been so like up and down. I think they can get there. I think that, like the, the I was look like look, looking through these numbers made me a little bit more encouraged than I was after binging those four losses in a row and then watching the Pistons game. Right, you, you just feel so bad. It just feels like there may be a few a few tweaks away from just at least being a yeah a top six team in the West. Right. I'm skeptical a little bit. <laughs> a few <laughs> tweaks and a few players shooting better, like the Tim Hardaway resurgence over the last three games. That's that's one domino that could may fall for them that that's helped a lot, yeah. Would would help them a lot. So I think my main reason is I just I don't see this Christian Wood situation changing. Like that's I think crazy. we're gonna still I think we're gonna see him coming off the bench and like all this stuff. And the Jalen Brunson hole on the team looms large. <laughs> the, like the Jalen Brunson hole. How how else do I say it? I don't know. I don't know. It's the way you should have said it. I just thought that was funny. Um, uh, and I think just because of those reasons, right now, especially with the how the pieces surrounding pieces are playing, it, it's it's tough to see it right now. I think going into your question, how can or you know how will they change some things? I st- I'm still a proponent of that they need to make a trade at some point. They gotta yeah, add. They, they gotta add somebody at some point. Especially if they're going to be so set in their ways on how they're going to play, right? The the way that, yeah. the what you talked about at the beginning, their path for success is so small and limited because of the way they want to defend and the way they want to play offense. And your personnel just doesn't match that right now. So things that can change, Luca and Wood playing together. I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to I'm going to go mm. back to this well. I'm going to take my bucket. I'm going to go down to the well and I'm going to pull out uh, some of this. The Luca and Wood on the floor without Dinwiddie. Offensive rating is 127.8. That'd be like Dang. the best offense. Like it's an insane number. Like they just score at an incredible rate. Now their defense would be 111.2, which is middle of the pack. Uh, and a little bit worse than middle of the pack, like below average basically. And uh, that's been in about 400 possessions. Dinwiddie and Wood together, their offense is 
awful. 104 possess- points per 100 possessions. That's like sixth percentile. That's awful, awful, awful. Their defense, though, has been good. That bench unit with Dinwiddie, Wood, uh, Josh Green, Maxi, like that, their defense has been really good. I think if anything's going to change, playing Luca and Wood more would make would give a boost to their offense, and they just have to figure out the defensive part of it. I'm down for that. Play them together more. What we talked about earlier, though, play Josh Green. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Play Josh Green more because right now, Josh Green on the floor, the Mavericks have the 72nd percentile of offense, so an incredible offensive rating, and the 95th percentile of defense, so an incredible defensive rating in the 800-plus possessions that Josh Green has played. When Josh does not play on the floor, what do you, tell me what you think about this number. When Josh is not on the floor, the Mavericks' defensive rating drops by 10.5 points. Wow. I mean, some of that's probably skewed by playing against starters, but oh well. For sure. For sure skewed by that. But he's he's making an impact. Like he has the biggest yeah, yeah, he has sure. the biggest on off rating right like difference in rating right now for the Mavericks. So something that can change is give Josh some more time. Like like play Josh more minutes. We yeah. saw that stretch where he was getting more and more minutes every game. I think it can still go up. Yeah, I'm I'm down for it. He's playing good basketball. So he he was feeling himself a little bit in that Detroit game the other night <laughs> uh, on offense, but you know that's that's the give and take of of Josh Green. Yeah, right. You have to just accept a little bit of it. The other thing is, I think these three point shooters can shoot better, right? We've seen Tim Hardaway oh, yeah. over the last little bit. Dorian's already starting to take a little bit of a step up. Even Bullock over the last like little bit has has shoot, shot a little bit better. Luca's percentage has gone up. I think all of these guys, I talked about the numbers earlier, but all these guys can shoot better. And when they do, the Mavericks will start winning games. That's just the way that this whole formula has been made up. Because they will always get shots. Like when you have Luca, your shooters will always get shots for the most part. Tim playing like he has over the past three games, he's kind of pushed himself into that category of Dinwiddie and, and Christian Wood as, hey, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's been the second best offensive option over the past three games. So can he can he be one of those three and and we can walk into a game saying, all right, can two of you three be, you know, be good tonight or can one of you go for 28 or 30 tonight type of thing. But uh, but yeah, I also want Dinwiddie. I wrote this down. I want Dinwiddie to be more aggressive. Yeah, I I feel like we've been saying all season, but like just get to the rim more. Keep being aggressive. Drive. Um you don't have to play the set that, which I mean, he almost has to because he's the only ball, ball handler on the team. Of uh, you know, you don't have to play always the set everybody up. You know, be the floor general. Like we, we need him to be aggressive. Isaac, they don't have anything to set up. <laughs> okay, if he true. he's like setting the table, and when he and Wood are on the floor, their offense is terrible because what is he setting up? Right, like their offense is predicated on him just being aggressive and then kicking to these opportunist players, and I think that. Yeah, that, like that has to change. He has to just play like Luca. He has to he has to play the style that Luca plays. Yeah, and that's why he excelled in that role last year coming off the bench because yeah. you know, Luca comes off the floor, he can just do that, you know, he go get buckets, go do your thing. And you know, Brunson was you know, he's just better at being another floor general out there and getting yeah. other, you know, people involved and and stuff like that than Dinwiddie is, but yeah, and, and a big change from last year is that they don't have Brunson to be that stabilizing force, right? They they have yeah. all these guys that have these crazy swings with Wood and Tim Hardaway and Dinwiddie, like these, you know, Bullock and these crazy swings, and they don't have that, that you know, stabilizing force. So that's what the Mavericks are. Let us know. Describe the Mavericks in three words in the comments below. Guys, 
Uh, thanks for making us your first listen. Go check out Lockdown Sports today. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.